welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Reverend Radhika Sukumawite has been a Minister of the Word in the Uniting Church in Australia since 2016. She's a second-generation Sri Lankan Tamil Australian who has studied physiotherapy, music and theology. Radhika is Ministry Team Leader at Leichhardt Uniting Church, a young, vibrant, justice-oriented community of faith, and she's passionate about leading dynamic and sacred worship, preaching and teaching, and walking alongside individuals in their life and faith journeys. Hi. Today I'll be reflecting on the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. In this Good Shepherd Sunday in the lectionary, we have the excerpt from John 10 about Jesus being the gate for the sheep, offering the only way in and out of the sheepfold. Some context. In the previous chapter of John, the man born blind was healed by Jesus. So, imagine that newly healed man walking behind Jesus, beaming in awe of this new sense, putting together what things looked like with their familiar sounds or textures. Imagine the religious leaders looking on, not knowing what to do with him or with the one who had made him see. So they argue. You don't think we're blind to the truth, do you? And Jesus answered them with a riddle. If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. They look confused, as confused as anyone looks when presented with a riddle. And Jesus continued to feed them more riddles. See, Jesus didn't just start talking about sheep out of the blue one day. Jesus told these riddles about sheep and shepherds and thieves and strangers to explain to both his followers and his critics how giving sight to that man who had never before seen anything in his entire life showed the huge difference between true believers and false prophets. To make his point, Jesus drew on one of the most common images in scripture, sheep following their shepherd. Sheep are mentioned more than 200 times in the Bible, more than any other animal. Throughout the Bible, sheep served as symbols for God's people. Why sheep? Well, sheep do share certain characteristics with people, especially people who claim to be followers of the Good Shepherd. Let's think about it. Sheep are followers. They will follow another sheep, even to slaughter or over a cliff. Lambs are conditioned from birth to follow older sheep. Following isn't something sheep have to think about. It's an instinct. They can be trained to follow a distinctive call or a unique melody played on a pipe. A sheep can learn to recognise its own name and to come when it is called. Sheep will follow a shepherd they know well, but they are more inclined to follow other sheep. Sheep remember faces. They recognise faces of other sheep and even of humans who work with them regularly. Sheep remember who treats them well and even more, 
they remember who handles them harshly. Sheep will allow a gentle shepherd to come close, but they will freak out and run from a person who has handled them roughly in the past. Sheep find safety in numbers. Since predators attack the outliers, sheep stick closely together. When grazing, sheep will keep at least four or five other sheep in view. They are very social animals, and the instinct to flock is strong. And sheep rarely walk in a straight line. By walking in a wide zigzag, they can always see what's behind them. They can spot danger from up to a kilometre away, but they have trouble finding a half-open gate without help. It's not a very flattering picture when you think about the people of God being compared to sheep. But there it is. We are built to follow, but we tend to follow each other more instinctively than we follow our good shepherd, even when we've been trained to recognise our own name. We tend to remember old hurts and grudges, and we run away from potential interactions with those who have hurt us in the past. We tend to stick together with the same four or five people we know best, keeping them in our sights and huddling together when we sense an attack coming our way. We spend a lot of time looking behind us, making it hard to walk a straight line forward. And we can spot a distant threat more easily than an open gate in front of us. We are such sheep. But the focus of Jesus' riddle in today's passage isn't actually sheep, but the shepherd. Remember that he just gave sight to a man who had never seen, who then recognised him as God's Messiah, while the Pharisees, who should have recognised the one they'd been waiting for, remained blind to God's power working among them. So Jesus compares the Pharisees to thieves and bandits who only want to steal and destroy. By refusing to accept Jesus as the Messiah for whom they claim to hope, the Pharisees threaten the people of God, steal their hope, and destroy their trust in the Good Shepherd. The Pharisees are shepherds who should not have sheep. There are a lot of bad shepherds around us today. Shepherds who lure and advertise and pretend to have the greater good at heart. It is particularly hard and particularly important to hear the call of the Good Shepherd over the other sounds and noises clamouring for our attention, claiming to speak truth, claiming to offer us things we need, claiming to give us abundant life. Perhaps that's why shepherds start teaching lambs their own names as soon as they are born so that they will respond when called, particularly when they are lost. God calls each of us by name and invites us to follow. Then Jesus offers another riddle. This time he calls himself the gate. And then he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The church often suggests that abundant life is the heavenly thing we receive after we die assuming we've led a good life and believed the right things. That this life sucks, but the life to come is abundant and rich and overflowing. But come back to John's story. Did not Jesus bring abundant life to the man born blind right then and there? Did not Jesus bring abundant life to the woman at the well and the sick child and the woman about to be stoned and the men on the crosses either side of him right then and there? Did Jesus say, hang tight, power through, and you'll get the good stuff later? Or 
did he heal and love and forgive and rejoice right then and there? Abundant life is not an end-of-life promise. It's right now. It is that which is on the other side of the gate. And so abundant life is still reality for us today, whenever we choose words and actions of life and love and compassion and resurrection instead of those of death and bitterness and cynicism. Abundant life can be now, should you choose to listen for and follow the call of Christ the Good Shepherd and enter through the gate of sacrificial discipleship to life that is truly abundant. This is a daily choice to make, in the same way that marriage is a daily choice or being a good parent is a daily choice. And this is a choice we embody in community, as church, as members of the body of Christ. We don't stray from the flock, putting ourselves at risk. We stick together, we hold each other accountable, and we are members of one another. But more than these things, we cannot completely experience that abundant life without sharing it. As sheep who know our shepherd's voice, we also lead other sheep through the gate that stands open before us. This means engaging with those around us to discover what is robbing them of abundant life and standing with them against those forces. It means realising that abundant life starts when we repent of desire to be lone rangers and recognise that we are sheep in need of a shepherd. But it continues as we live into the grace that we receive by sharing that grace. The church is the body of Christ that is sent out to offer abundance to all we encounter, as Christ did. Because abundant life isn't the goal of discipleship. It is the immediate result of following Jesus who made the blind to see, the lame to walk, who fed the hungry and comforted those in sorrow, who offered his own life and then conquered death once and for all so that we, his sheep, could live with him in peace, safety and green pastures and still waters and life in abundance. Amen. You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac.net.au and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.